Hey ho, Nine Yards listeners. Thank you all so much for tuning in every week. Tuning in? I guess you're not really tuning in. You're more just uh, getting a thing sent to you. Anyway, um, this week we are taking a break as we, behind the scenes, curate some new episodes for you to have fresh, warm, served up ASAP. Don't fret, because we'll be back next week. So here is the money episode. Nine Yards is here. We're back with another of our um, social distance records. Yes. So uh, can't see Ray. No, can't see Jay. Nope. But we're still hopefully as good without that part. <laughs> or as bad. <laughs> it depends on your viewpoint. Uh, yeah, but we're we we don't want to leave anyone in the lurch. That's a good one. We should do that. Yeah, write that down. Yeah, got it. All right. Scribble, scribble, scribble noises. And uh, just up front here, A, thanks for listening a lot. And B, uh, please, if you like the show, give us a a rating on your favorite uh, podcast. Help us get to the top of the charts. Yeah. Or, or, yes. Immediate middle of the charts. Anything. Yeah, kind of charty. Uh, But thanks a lot. And so today we're talking money idioms. Yes. And Correct. I am going to start off today, Ray, if that's right. okay. Yes, please do. I'm going to go with one called an arm and a leg. Hmm, okay. And we say that how? <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. I just think, I'd, sorry, Dr. Nick. Uh, that means it's going to cost a lot. Yeah. Like your arm and your leg. Yeah, what I just... Be a, uh, a hefty fee. To, a hefty fee. To pay something. To pay for something. Yeah. Like Mr. McCraig. Or Mr. McCraig. <laughs> so here's the thing, though, about the origin of the phrase an arm and a leg. Okay. And you might not like it. Okay. But maybe you will. Perplexing. All right. So, you know, now people we just take a picture of somebody. Hey, can I? And now everyone's a photographer. You just take a picture, right? But you Duh. used to go to a photographer all what? the time, right? I got my cousin can do that. For, take with a his picture. IPhone. Yeah. You have to go anywhere. Uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, true or not, that that may be. Um, it's not. You used to have to have someone paint you. Otherwise, you died. No one knew what you looked like, you know? <laughs> so many people <laughs> lost the time. Yeah, we don't know what they look like. No, all those faces. And so, yeah, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so you'd hire a painter, if you can afford one, to paint you. Uh-huh. And the cost of the painting, Ray, so do you want just shoulders up like that classic George Washington we see? And what happened to the corner of it that's always torn? We don't know. I do. All right. I don't. And then, um, wait, you know, it doesn't matter. No, but is it going? Okay, keep going. I'm this. And is, then, if you wanted yeah. it like a mid shot, we okay. would call it today. Yeah. Uh, you know, that was, uh, you know, would show an arm and a hand, you know, so your arms. It, that's, yeah. uh, that's arms. And then, if you wanted your whole body sitting in a chair, like it's going to be like all of you, like royalty or some rich person would get yeah. hanging in their, in their mansion. That was an arm and a leg, you know? <laughs> That's amazing. So do you, you want 
Yeah, I'm dead serious. Oh my god! So, do you want? How do you want? Do you want the painting of uh, just the cheap one with the head and shoulders, oh, or do you want the man. you want the arm and a leg? I want I want one that costs an arm and a leg. So, wow. Yeah, you'd like it to be that, right? Oh, come on. Don't yeah. do that. Sorry, it's Aww. not. <laughs> but that's pretty cool, right? That's so cool. I know. <sighs> and and people really have pushed this out there. <laughs> For um, people like me. <laughs> well, as soon as I started reading it, I was salivating myself. Uh, so, yeah. Joy was spreading. But All right. On, go ahead. But we painted here again. It's documentation. So we painted people a long time ago. And yet, there's no one wrote down, I bought an arm and a leg paint. <laughs> I mean, like, it's <laughs> silly all those when years you say of it people like people getting paintings, somebody would have said it yeah. or written it in a diary, a book, a newspaper. It does make sense when yeah. you say it like that. Yeah. They didn't do it. Sure. So, what I want to talk to you about is. Uh, 19th century, it was popular for people to say these two phrases, and it is documented greatly in print. Mm -hmm. The first one is, I would give my right arm for that whatever. Mm -hmm. Okay. And one that's less familiar to us now was also 1800s. If it takes a leg, I would fill in the blank. So mm. those mm -hmm. were popular 19th century mm -hmm. idioms. Okay. Uh, so like a lot of the, the uh, phrases that we cover, you know, they laid around in consciousness for a while, were probably bounced around or just gestated in some sort of um, collective consciousness. Mm -hmm. You like that, huh? I do. But uh, later, in uh, soldiers returning from World War II, mm. uh, many newspapers then documented and, and sort of morphed those together and, and reported on our soldiers coming home with amputations. Uh, the cost of freedom, the cost of peace was an arm and a leg. Mm -hmm. And that is while we'd love it to be the cost of a painting, mm -hmm. uh, it, is, it is this. The two older idioms uh, combined to emphasize the cost and, and tie it to the literal loss of limbs. Yeah. So it, it came full circle from just uh, two different idioms to having an applicable reality to pin it to. Mm -hmm. And that's where an arm and a leg comes from. All right. Yeah. Oh, the but, painting had me. Yeah, I, you had me at painting. Yeah. But uh, what do you have? Uh, Well, I'm going to do cash cow. Cash cow. You know, what do you think of cash cow? I mean, uh, you know, there are times that we joke around here uh, about buying a uh, copier <laughs> and um, having it be, you know, <laughs> what do we call it? A profit, profit center. center. <laughs> but, uh, you know, jokingly. Jokingly. But... Uh, <laughs> It is, uh, that would be our, our cash it's cow. It's our cash cow? Yeah. <laughs> it would be making us a bunch of money. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a wise investment. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going to hear it from the copier people. Right. That's okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> cash cow. Defined as a product, service, or enterprise that generates ongoing, high net, 
free cash flows. Yeah, I love it. Much like the copier. <laughs> Here's the thing. Dairy cow, uh, once it has given birth, once it can be milked on an ongoing basis, thereby supplying you with money after you've initially outlaid some money and it keeps on making you money. Yeah. Uh, and the metaphor <laughs> for the cash cow is just a dairy cow, really. Oh. Yeah, so dairy cow gives milk, has milk. See, uh, the dairy cow is the cash cow. The dairy cow is the cash cow. It's now, just a, yeah. that's exclusive to the dairy cow. I can't just go buy, a, I don't know, my cows. You got your heifer, you got your Guernseys. Sure. I don't know what. Heifers, they do the thing. Uh, bulls, they do that thing. And then the dairy cows, they do this thing where they, they do this part. And they keep on milking them and getting cash for it. The word milk is from 13th century. It's like milche, melsh from Old English. I mean, yeah. our, our use of it. The Angli- Anglican roots of it. Right. Um, Proto-Germanic melic. What about the, the, the lack the lactate and the leche. Well, milking is a is a like a verb. L- lactose is what's inside of milk, but milking is an actual verb they're using in that sense. All right. To yeah. milk, to milk something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, from the 15th century, milch cows, and then we got to dairy cow from that, and then. Cash cow is just a metaphor <laughs> for dairy cow. All right, I'm trying to pat it. No, that's that's we don't need the pat because um, our um, our after the break one is a uh, is a two two double header. Double header. So let's wait. Let me say wait. 1970 no. is when cash cow replaced milch cow. <laughs> the end. That's the end. Yeah. Oh, we needed that one. I know. I'm trying. Uh, all right, that's good. <laughs> I mean, some of them are going to be like this, but it's yeah. good to know. Rain checking. Cash cow is a dairy cow. Dairy cow. Because it, it just keeps, uh, it's a gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. All right. Here are our advertisements, and we'll be back directly. Support Whole Nine Yards and make your life easier with Instacart. Online grocery shopping made simple. Instacart connects you with personal shoppers in your area to shop and deliver groceries from your favorite stores in a single order. Products you love from local stores, hand-selected based on your preferences. Many items may be delivered in as little as an hour. Instacart helps to save you money on your favorite items and recommends new products that you might also love. Instacart, the most convenient way to shop. Whole Nine Yards is sponsored by the Roberto Clemente Museum. Located in a restored engine house in Pittsburgh's revitalized Lawrenceville neighborhood, the Clemente Museum is a showcase of the largest exhibited collection of baseball artifacts, works of art, literature, photographs, and memorabilia related to Roberto Clemente and his life in baseball. Shop the store for clothing and other items featuring the iconic 21 logo and purchase tour tickets for the museum at clementemuseum.com. Enter promo code W9Y21 for a 10% discount on hats and tees. That's clementemuseum.com, promo code W9Y21. Whole Nine Yards is sponsored by Big Science Music. 
Big Science Music is a can and one show award-winning original music and sound boutique, providing scoring, sound design, radio, podcast, and audio post-production services for the advertising, film, and video industries. Big Science Music also offers ADR, casting, and project management. Big Science Music's reels, full capabilities, and more can be found at BigScienceMusic.com. That's BigScienceMusic.com. All right, and we have returned to you back with uh, our money episode. Yes. First of many money episodes. Money. And we have, as promised, a doubleheader. Double. Yes. It has to do with the penny in one way or another. I have a penny for your thoughts. And so, Ray, we don't, we don't research each other's. Mm-mm. So not. we learned, you know, Ray just hinted to me that his goes in a direction that's all I know. <laughs> and when I heard that direction, I was aghast. And we realized that somehow or another they they build on each other. So we're going to just see what happens. <laughs> so Penny, for your thoughts, you say? Yes. All right. Are you familiar with the show uh, Twilight Zone? I am, in fact, yes. Rod Serling. Rod Serling, yeah, yes. Guys. He uh, he has a little, little intro for an episode. You don't say. I do. I'm going to try, but I didn't do my homework. All right. Presented for your approval, Mr. Hector B. Poole, resident of the Twilight Zone. Flip a coin and keep on flipping. What are the odds? Half the time it will come up heads, half the time tails. This is an intro to a story called A Penny for Your Thoughts. Ah. Starring Dick York. Oh, from Bewitched. Sure. Well, I mean, this is pre Bewitched. Pre Bewitched. He looks like a young lad when wow. I looked at the episode. Uh, he plays a banker, a bank teller, I'm sorry, uh, who on his way to work tosses a coin into a box to pay for a newspaper, and it miraculously lands on its edge. And suddenly he can hear other people's thoughts. And then it goes on and like, you know, Twilight Zoney. All right. From there. It lands on its edge. Edge. Yeah. There's uh, more Rod Serling intro of that, but I just decided just just to skip it because I was doing a poor job. I I didn't feel like I was doing a good job. It was a fine job. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> but I know I can do better. So yeah. I just Well, I, we can all we can all do better. Yeah. Uh so we're not sure who coined this phrase. Uh-huh. Oh, come on. Wow. It was like 45 <laughs> seconds later. All right, I fine. Know, That's I had, fine. To, I had to play it back saying he didn't really. I did. And then I, then I said, okay. Um, Plus, remember, I can't see you. It's true. I didn't. Like, I leaned into the, the mic yeah. in the words, but I didn't. I gotcha. Um, uh, but seemingly first known use uh, is Sir Thomas More. In a treatise upon, man, the last things. Everything that I research is Middle English, just so you know, everybody and listeners at home. I think it's, I think it's so that you come to peace you with it. You know that. what? That's a, great, that's a great way to look at it. Yeah, you're giving it to yourself to, uh, yeah. Things, T-H-Y-N-G-E-S. Uh, yeah, in, in 1535. Sure. Uh, he says, and I'm going to do my best, but... Mm, 
in such wise that not without some I'm I'm making this English, by the way, just so everybody knows. Sure. This is not how it's written. <laughs> One of the words is because I don't know what it is, but the rest of it. Uh in such wise that not without some note and reproach of such, I don't know, vagarante mind, other folks suddenly say to them, a penny for your thought. And in this phrase... What is that supposed to well, mean? Well, I'm going to say, right. a uh, wise man has gone quiet, and in order to coax him back and hopefully gain some of his knowledge and wisdom, uh, money is offered. It, figuratively. But they're saying like, hey, this guy's not paying attention to us, this this really brilliant guy, and I want to know what he's got to say, so maybe if we give him some money, he'll tell us what he's going to say. Uh. Yeah, it's it kind of, I mean, I'm not just saying... A, just a penny, though. Uh, I mean, we'll get to that kind of thing. But uh. yeah, I mean, he says a penny for your thought. The, the spelling on this stuff, like suddenly, S-O-D-A-I-N-L-Y. Hey, Ray. Yeah. Just, just enjoy it. That's fine. Yeah, make it part of your... <laughs> Um, so this phrase became popular in a 1546 book, which is awesome. The Proverbs and Epigrams of John Haywood, uh, by John Haywood. <laughs> Who else? <laughs> I know. No. So you can have a ghostwriter? This guy apparently, uh, is like the father of our idioms, or at least he claims to be. I mean, I mean, I'm yeah. Let him take the mantle. He's got other proverbs in this book. Would you like to hear any of them? We could skip them. I mean, we got a long one here, but give me a couple. Uh, Rome was not built in a day. All that is well ends well, and this book also includes uh, "Penny for Your Thoughts," but written in this book, it's uh, "Peeny for Your Thoughts." P E N Y for your, sure for your thought, just single thought, no uh, thoughts. Yeah, um, that's what do you want for a penny? Exactly. Uh, he also wrote the no man ought to look a given horse in the mouth. Well, well that's... That's what I wanted to say. No, it comes back to that. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, it's kind of just this phrase that was meant to that. Like, hey, there's a smart guy. He's not talking to us. Let's pay him. Maybe he'll he'll spill some knowledge on us. Kind of like a teacher, I guess. Or you know? Ben Franklin. Yeah. Uh, according to England's National Archives currency converter... A penny in 1540 would be worth roughly $2.50 today. So it's not saying your thoughts are worthless. It's saying, here's some money for your ideas. $2.50. I'm just, you know, rounding up or down. Yeah. Whatever. Like like your tip for a sandwich. It's not about the penny. Okay. It's about the money I'm going to pay you to, to give me some knowledge. All right. Yeah. Penny for your thoughts. All right. <laughs> a penny for your thoughts means I'm going to pay you for what you're thinking. Yeah. All right, well, so mine, as you know by now. Yes, you hinted. Is two cents. Your two cents. Yeah, yeah, my two cents. So let me pick up where you left off. All right. Sort of. Okay. Well, first, so, yeah, 16th century we see a lot of two cent and two penny talk about what things cost, the value of things uh, being equated to two penny, low value things being equated to that, two pence. Mm -hmm. um, I saw some, and I meant to double check it, but I'm almost positive 
I saw some people, I believe, incorrectly throwing two bits in there. And a bit, I am was pretty certain two bits is like a quarter. It's a quarter. Two bits is a quarter, so, right? Yeah. So two, that was just some people screwing up. I guess. All right, yeah, so uh, two pence. So there's some, there's a biblical story uh, that people like to go back to. I ran into it a, a bunch of times. That is, you know, a widow giving two cents to the church and this crowd of uh, richer people around. And uh, they were being told that her two cents is worth more than what you're giving because mm. for her, mm-hmm. it is mm-hmm. everything she has. You right. Know? Yeah. Whether or not that ties into the current context or not, it, it it's you know it's sort of an evolution as all this stuff is. Uh, so we have an early print uh, documentation of the use of two cents. Uh, my two cents is 1926. There was a newspaper in New York. I found on that lovely newspaper uh, site. Mm-hmm. 1926, and that it was the title of an of an opinion column, flat out my two cents. Oh. That was somebody using it in in that time to mean that you know this is my opinion. Mm-hmm. And in going back there, there are plenty of references to to the two penny, equating it to a tiny denomination that this is worth not a lot to me. Here's so here's two cents, that mm-hmm. sort of correlation in that use from the 16th century on for, uh, for two pence or two penny mm-hmm. uses like that. Okay. Now, currently from there, 1920, 1926 on, we've seen it many more times as meaning my opinion. Uh, but in that sort of quasi self-deprecating way, that is to say, here's my two cents. I'm sort of saying I'm going to give my opinion, but I don't value it that much or expect you to value it that much. And sometimes that is offered um, sort of sarcastically oh, okay. as well, because yeah. we do, well, my two cents is this, right. and I know I'm right, but you know, but that's just human nature stuff. Also, from 1894... Till 1932, a letter, a stamp, was two cents to mail. Oh, wow. So you would, yeah. Oh. Right? Yeah. And that's, so that's laying there in yeah. a big bucket of stuff. That's a big bucket of laying there. <laughs> Especially because of the documentation that we first see it used in that opinion context in right. that era of the two cent stamp. Mm-hmm. So mainly before that time, as you told us Mm -hmm. we had a phrase a penny for your thoughts what all right remember yeah i do i think you would remember i remember that that. so that was first morphed you know we don't have an exact date on it Mm -hmm. but i found a number of quotes with this exact morphed phrase in it that purport to be from that which would be you know early 20th century i said a penny for your thoughts but i got two pennies worth in, in this context, it became to be more sarcastic. I didn't really want your opinion at all. <laughs> and, and you gave me more than I wanted. I know what that feels like. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So 
<laughs> that is our uh, our general history on uh, on my two cents worth and how that came to be. There are some people that will say, oh yeah, but the poker, the ante up for poker used to be two cents and yada yada. And while that may be true and while it may factor in subconsciously to how the idioms came to be, it has no strong, significant uh, connection to the true evolution of it from what I could tell. What what year was the first two cents E versus uh, the penny for the thoughts, which is like way, way, way back? All we know is early 20th century. So no one knows who coined these phrases. Oh! I just want to come back to that. Yeah, I appreciate it nah, a lot. I, I do my part. No, yeah. So that is uh, Whole Nine Yards for this week. You don't have to pay a penny for our thoughts. No, you don't. But if you want to give us your two cents worth, <laughs> email us at heyyou at whole, the number nine, yards.org. That's heyyou at whole nine yards.org. And give us your thoughts, comments, suggestions, and relative criticisms, and we will put them into forward motion. Yeah. All right. And yeah. until next time, I'm Jay. And I'm Ray. And we're, we're not idioms. Whole Nine Yards is written, recorded, and produced by Big Science Pods. Learn more at whole9yards.org or contact Whole Nine Yards by emailing heyyou at whole9yards.org. That's heyyou at whole9yards.org. Whole Nine Yards theme music composed by Big Science Music. <laughs> <laughs>